0: Welcome back to the Red Dye Stories RPG podcast. I'm your host, John. Okay, so as I was putting to- together today's uh, podcast episode, and I normally try and record about a week ahead, just so I've got uh, like a bit of a a bit of a sort of uh, buffer in case you know like god forbid I'm ill or I can't record for whatever reason but as I was sat down and recording this I was thinking a little bit about how pristine relatively speaking dungeons seem to be whenever you go into them in a D&D game. Now obviously your mileage for this will depend on how much you use dungeons in your game but it broadly applies to other settings as well. Now, you might say, oh, well, that's that's not true, John. There's plenty of ruins and old abandoned mines and stuff like that. And, yeah, there is. But by and large, whenever you tend to go into a dungeon, aside from like some artfully arranged stones or maybe the odd crumbling pillar or the old ancient sarcophagus or a slightly crumbling shrine, the, the actual dungeon itself is relatively clutter-free and pretty clean. In fact, a number of monsters were even designed purely to sort of explain away why there's not like dead animals and rubbish and detritus lying around everywhere. You only have to look at a few of the slimes and like your gelatinous cubes and stuff like that to see that they're effectively monstrous janitors of dungeons who slop their way around absorbing and digesting anything in their way and that's great as a sort of funny tongue-in-cheek you know stop gap measure if someone's like oh well i can not see any tracks of like uh animals that they have killed or like carcasses or anything in this Now we've got into jolanus cube There we go. That's it. That's done. And that's a perfectly serviceable solution if you want to use that. As is just like having a big pit that your monsters, your ogres, your trolls, whatever, throw all of their waste into. I mean, hell, if you look back in history, that's pretty much been the the sort of de facto method of humans getting rid of their waste. And we still sort of do that today with rubbish tips and whatnot. But... I also think we're potentially missing an opportunity to really sort of sell the idea of an inhabited dungeon by describing, obviously in only as much detail as you're comfortable, the actual filth that would accumulate in such a dungeon lair. So let's say you're going to do this. How would you go about it? Well, the first thing to do is look at your dungeon and its reason for existing this should help you determine whether the dungeon is going to be in regular use or whether it's been sealed off and is never meant to be entered again so like some sort of ancient tomb or barrow or something like that because whether it's being used or not will determine the sort of clutter and the rubbish you will find lying around so let's look at each of these in turn so first of all the dungeon that is designed never to be entered again well first of all it makes more sense that there will be lots of death traps and stuff like that in such a dungeon because there's not going to be the risk of people setting them off every time they're wandering through the corridors the creators intended that they should never be entered again so they could fill it full of traps and all manner of stuff like that and they needn't have to worry that one of their their servants or whatever is going to mistakenly trip the poison dart trap or the deadfall or whatever also if there's offerings a treasure and stuff like that that was meant for i don't know maybe maybe a dead warrior's been buried there and his armor and his soldiers and stuff like that were buried with him then they might well be more on display um there's uh, reports of various pyramids in egypt ...where various items have been relocated across the course of history... ...by the sort of pyramid builders and their descendants... ...and they were pretty much just lined up in the narrow corridors of the pyramid... ...because no one was really supposed to be going in there... ...so if they had to move stuff they genuinely moved stuff... ...as little as they needed to to get the job done. So your treasure might actually just be out and in the open... ...because well... If you've already, like, death-trapped it to high heaven, then it doesn't really matter if the treasure's out and about, does it? You don't need to seal it in a safe or anything like that. Also, the the dirt and the grime that you'll tend to come across will tend to be more the sort of wear and tear of ages Past and the weight of history. It won't be the sort of muck that's trodden in by people coming and going. There may, for instance, be a thick layer of dust or there may be cobwebs everywhere, you know, like small spiders and arachnids have managed to get in and weave their webs relatively undisturbed. So they could be absolute blankets of webbing everywhere. There might be tracks in the sand or the dirt of the floor of creatures or even the original creators of the the tomb or the building that have lain undisturbed for centuries because no one has got in there you also need to give a thought as to whether anyone else has tried to enter the tomb or the building or whatever over the years, and how successful they were in their attempts. I mean, we'd hope they weren't too successful, because it's going to be a bit anticlimactic if the players struggle through this death trap dungeon, and eventually find that it's already been cleaned out by some other adventurers 50 years prior. However, finding the bodies of some unfortunate tomb robbers who ran afoul of the tomb's defenses when they tried to penetrate it could give them some useful clues if they're observant, and it also gives them the opportunity to potentially pick up some sort of adventurous loot that maybe they forgot. Seem so, like you know, if they if they needed some extra torches or whatever, maybe the the adventurers or the tomb robbers who died previously have a backpack on with some of the things that an adventurer might need in it. That's down to you. So. In terms of dungeons that are meant to be entered and used frequently, these tend to be the lair of various creatures. Normally, sort of slightly more intelligent creatures, unless it's a cave with like a, a wyvern, or a cave bear, or some other large predatory creature in it. Now, if a dungeon is being used regularly, you won't tend to get like the layer of dust everywhere because there'll be constant sort of foot traffic coming and going there won't be heavy webbing because it would be broken by the denizens although if you find some broken webbing in a supposedly unused dungeon that could give you a clue that actually it's become active again and some monsters have moved in or whatever now the the sort of dirt and the muck you'll tend to find there is the the waste products produced by whatever creatures are living there now all living creatures have certain basic needs and this can vary a bit in a fantasy game but by and large creatures are looking for a roof over their head, some food, some water and a means of coming and going from their home or their lair so first of all obviously the roof over their head that's the dungeon that's absolutely fine a means of coming or going if it's an intelligent creature, they might try and create multiple entrances and exits from their lair. Perhaps some might be concealed. So if they get attacked in there, particularly if they've got sort of families and stuff like that, they might have these hidden or concealed exits so if they do get raided by a murder hobo party of adventurers they might sort of send the the children the, the non-combatants etc out of these emergency exits with a couple of guards to get them to safety while the warriors remain behind to deal with the player characters Or they might all evacuate, taking with them whatever they can grab hold of, planning to return later when the heat has died down. It will depend on the morale and the thought processes of the inhabitants. So we come to food. Now, pretty much all living creatures, certainly in the real world, need food of some kind. Now, obviously, if you're talking about sort of unliving sentinels or golems or stuff like that they don't but for the sake of this episode we'll assume that your monster and your lair needs to eat so how do they eat do they hunt in which case there may be signs of where they've dragged animals they've hunted back in so you know like a uh, drag marks in the soil or whatever if they're humanoid, to attempt to preserve meat, maybe against a winter, there might be a, a cooler cave or chamber where they hang this meat. Maybe they salt it if they have access to salt, or maybe they just store it in the coolness of this particular chamber, hoping that it will last longer. So, effectively, you could come across their larder, and seeing what they eat might give you some clues as to the capability of the creatures and. If they eat sentient creatures, you might even find a captive or two in there who, if revived and still alive, could perhaps give you some further information and help your PCs progress in the dungeon eating food also produces waste obviously whether that be bones or fecal matter and all of that needs to go somewhere so as we said earlier there could just be a pit they throw all of their stuff into now that could either be an unpleasant trap i mean let's face it no one likes falling in a hole of orc but it could also potentially be a valuable source of information If you're willing to snap on those marigolds and delve through the foulness to find whatever's in there. And again, if they eat sort of sentient creatures, there may be coins, gems, small undigestible things that have survived the passage through their digestive system and now rest in this silage pit for want of a better term. So you may find some treasure in there, although I'd advise giving it a quick brush off before you put it in your backpack. When talking about potentially sentient creatures as well, we also have to consider that most creatures that are sentient will desire some level of comfort now that could range from fine silk bedspreads although that seems a bit unlikely in a dungeon but you never know the ogres who live there might have robbed a merchant's caravan and they've gone oh yeah these blankets are nice and comfortable we'll take them all the way down to just the skins of the animals they've hunted that they've used for crude bedspreads now most sort of sentient creatures would if they had the option probably stash some additional methods of comfort you know like extra blankets extra stuff like that for when the weather gets really cold or you know things wear out over the course of time so they'll need replacing and having a stash of such things never hurts it saves you having to go out and go oh, i've got to hunt something otherwise i've got not going to skin to sleep on if you've got some in your storage room and the heroes could come across such a storage chamber and again Delving through these creature comforts could not only give them an idea about the creatures they're facing, their level of sentience and the needs that they seek to fulfill, but it could also tell you what they've been preying on. In the example of the ogres I used earlier, they find all this fanciful stuff in there that... Is obviously at odds with all the crude sort of ogreish stuff they found around they may reach the conclusion that these ogres are preying on the nearby trade route and that could give them additional information to reorganize their plan and maybe they try and set up a counter ambush on the trade route so the next time the ogres attack a merchant's caravan the pcs are there waiting for them so there's just a few ideas in how thinking about the rubbish and detritus that you would find in your dungeons could potentially add an extra layer of detail to them. It also gives you some cool extra places to stash treasure rather than just having it in a big old wooden chest. Hopefully that's given you some ideas. If you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe tell us about how you use rubbish and how you distribute treasure in your own games or just to chat about previous episodes or anything to do with tabletop RPGs then you can get in touch with us a couple of ways you can leave a voicemail message using speakpipe or anchor or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com until we see you again take care stay safe and whenever you're playing have fun